It's the Asian Boxing Podcast with Scott and Colin. It's quite a week we had. First, let's look at this past weekend and the Chinese card that we were able to witness. Scott, what were some of the notable bouts from that one? Uh, we saw you return of former world champion Shokimura, who took on Pygmy Kikijim and and actually looked more polished than he has done in the past. He showed a good jab early on and eventually took out Pygmy, who was completely out of his depth, overweight and he didn't look like he wanted to be there. Um, we also saw Wulan Tuolahatsi take a take a competitive winner, Ryota Yamauchi. Both guys were dropped. Um, I had it a lot closer than the judges. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how two judges had it one one seven one on nine until you then realize both of them were Chinese judges. That that was the old hometown <laughs> love, and that happens sometimes, but it's frustrating. It's just threatening that Yamauchi only won one round and then the round he got a knockdown in. It's like, no, that was a really close bout. It was a really, really good bout. It was, it's a shame. A real shame. I mean, I could have seen it going for either fighter, but I think it had to be a lot closer than what it was scored. Maybe one point for one fighter and then another point for another fighter. But uh, yeah, those scores were outrageous. The good thing about that is I think that may have tipped off uh, Yamauchi's stablemate, Yusuke Kono, who didn't allow the judges to interfere in his belt with Beishambo. Uh Kono dropped uh, the Chinese fight in the opening round and then saw him off in the 11th round in what was a genuine surprise. When you have fighters uh, or when you have judges like that in a foreign country, sometimes it's just better to take things into your own hands. Rather funnily, two of the judges are the same guys. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'll just knock him out. So maybe that's something for Yamauchi. He's he's probably getting a lot of fire under him to let him know, hey, maybe uh, next time I'm going to try and stop this guy. Although he, yeah, he be, almost did. Yeah, to be fair, he went for it. Um, I thought he got, I thought to alert, so he got a long count when he went down, to be honest. But it's a lesson learned. Um, he's, he's a natural talent. He's going to go a very long way, despite the loss. A lot of talent on the cards, but let's talk about Shoki Mura and what this does for his future endeavors. It sets him up rather nicely. It shook off some ring rust. It got him back in the ring. It got him back in front of Chinese fans, and they genuinely love him over there. Potentially, it sets him up for a rematch with uh, Kose Tanaka later in the year, or um, an option on the OKBF title, perhaps down the line, or the WBO Age Pacific title if he wants to go that route. He's in a powerful position and does have strong backers in China. Yeah, I think we're all hoping and praying that Sho Kimura and Tanaka happens at least one more time. I, hey, I, I wouldn't mind a trilogy between those two. Yeah, the only reason it wouldn't happen is if uh, Tanaka goes up and wait and Kimura doesn't follow him, I think. The Chinese card was excellent. Probably one of the better cards of the weekend, if not the best. Um, Obara, we got to see him fight on the undercard of an event that was on ESPN. Now, Obara went up against a strong, strong welterweight in Kudu Rotillo, but I think Kudu Rotillo kind of underperformed. Yeah, he's one of those less less exciting Uzbeks. <clears throat> There's a group of really exciting Uzbek fighters that are making the mark, and then you have a few of the lesser exciting ones, and he definitely falls into the does enough to win, not enough to shine category. And that's okay. I mean, as long as you get victories, you're going to get shots, you're going to get chances. 
this was the IBF kind of title eliminator. Although you know who has the IBF crown, that is Errol Spence, and both these guys are not ready in any sense or form. They're not ready for a guy like Errol Spence. Nothing ever will be. And then there was a Japanese card Sunday, and we got to see uh, upset in that card. Yeah, one of the probably the biggest upset of the year as far as Asian boxing. Lita Dante stopping Subasa Kara in the twelfth round to claim the RPBF minimum weight title. That was that was a real surprise. Unfortunately, we also did see a knockout which led to an injury for a, a Filipino fighter. Yeah, Renario Arizal, who got stopped in six rounds by Siyoshi Tamida, was unfortunately taken to hospital after the after the fight and had a craniotomy because of a subdural hematoma. The last report <clears throat> is that he is under observation. Uh, nothing's come out since sort of Monday, Tuesday in regards to how he's reacting, how he's you know recovering. So we're thinking of him and praying for him and and hoping that. He gets out of that that hard situation boxing. We we love this sport. We love to watch it. And as fans, though, sometimes we don't realize how dangerous it is. It really is one of those sports that every time you step into the ring, you're risking your life. And we hope uh, and we wish him a speedy recovery. Also on the card, we got to see Mirai Naito. Uh, that was an interesting bout as well. Yeah, he seemed to steamroll Ferom Kenfukawi. Excuse me for mispronouncing his surname. The tie didn't belong in the ring. Uh, Mirai is the son of the promoter Cassius Naito, and he does look quite good. And actually, guys, first, the more interesting bout between a Thai and a Japanese was Natchapon Wishiata versus Shiswai Kawabata. Kawabata was a sparring partner for the Inuers last year. Was a former amateur standout and was actually put on his backside in the opening round before stopping the tie. So another great card from Japan Sunday. And speaking of great cards, Scott, we're having one that's, well, we just had, or we're going to have one this upcoming weekend. But before we get to that, uh, what happened today? We had a interesting, was that today or was that yesterday? That was yesterday. It was yeah, it uh, took place yesterday. It was uploaded this morning by airsignboxing.com. It was, I imagine you talk about the Yuki Yazawa versus Kazuki Nakamura about not the main event. That card on the whole was really forgettable, apart from the Yazawa versus Nakamura bout, which was, it was crazy. That's one of those, like, dream bouts you, you think only come in movies. Like, that's usually what happens in a movie, um, where the guy's taunting and he knocks the other guy down a couple times. All of a sudden, counter punch straight, counter straight right, and the other dude's just out. Like, what what happened? I was winning, dominating that fight, and now I don't know where I am. Yeah, it was 124 seconds. We had three knockdowns. We had a lot of taunting by one guy, a lot of arrogance, and then he gets slept. <laughs> it's really watching the Anthony Fowler knock down in the 10th round again from Saturday. So That's why you can the- never get too cocky in there. Yeah, so it's nice to see the cocky, arrogant ones get put on the backside. Yeah, if you're going to get cocky, you better, you know, you better know and have a game plan. You know, the great boxers, they were able to do it. The Prunell Whitakers, and you see him now, Lomachenko. But if you're not a great boxer like that, you're going to get caught. 
you then don't do it against a debutant. You've got to be a dick to do it against someone making a debut. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when you're 30 and making a debut, it it probably doesn't mean you're the ser- uh, the most serious fighter. No. No, they're, they're not. I mean, it's just standouts. They're just two novices picking up the sort of gloves, and it's just a shame that one of them ended up coming across as an absolute dick in his fight. What was quite humorous is the promoter of the show uploaded the video and it's titled The Most Embarrassing Guy is a Boxer. Yeah, well done, Ace. I'm for being quite honest on that one. Yeah, you usually don't see a lot of showboating from Japanese fighters. They're pretty respectful, but this guy, he got his just desserts. Now, this weekend, Japanese card, and one that I'm really excited for, this is going to be the cousin of Naoya Inoue, Koki Inoue, Going for the light welterweight belt. Yeah, he goes up against a proper veteran in Valentin Hosokawa, who is, I think, 37, 38. Really nice guy. <clears throat> he's had a career that had lots of upsets and disappointment early on, and he's battled back. He is an absolute nightmare to fight. Despite being in his late 30s, he's got a massive energy tank. He <laughs> hugely experienced. He's... He hits a lot harder than his record suggests. He's hard to deter. He's hard to, you know, make it back off you. He's, he's fantastic. He's his brother's um was a recent Japanese sorry, a recent Oriental champion at middleweight as well, which was Charlie. quite a strange. Yeah, Charlie Shinobu Hosakawa was uh is his brother. So just a fighting family that Valentine comes from this one though it should be good because you have an experienced guy against a guy who is a good amateur but probably it's going to be the biggest test for Inoue. Certainly his biggest test he's he's promised a lot but didn't look very good last time out when he beat Marcus Smith he was apparently carrying a couple of injuries into that he didn't sign he perhaps disappointed despite earning this Japanese title fight. Well, what are some of the other notable bouts on this card? You have a Brazilian-Japanese fighter, Cristiano Aoki, fighting against a Filipino called Anthony Marshall. That should be pretty exciting. Uh, Koki Tyson, the Japanese hard-hitting middleweight, returns to the ring to face a tough tie. I really about the show than the main event is going to be Siyoshi Sato versus Tetsuya Tomioka in a Japanese light flyweight youth title eliminator. Sato is a little bundle of aggressive energy. Um, he's really exciting. He comes forward, he doesn't stop throwing punches, and Tomioka is going to be in for a nightmare here. Despite having a record of one-on-one, Yoji Saito is one to watch, and he'll be up against Aso Ishiwaki in what could be a really, really tough six-round lightweight bout. So this is one that you want to watch. Where can you watch this Saturday bout? This will be available on G+. So if you don't get G+, which I'm assuming... If you're outside Japan, you probably don't. You might need to subscribe to Isakura, which is a fantastic Japanese streaming service. I need to subscribe to that. You're going to have to send me that link. Yeah, it's they show so much boxing on there. I have all the um, mainstream channels like Fuji and TBS, G+, uh, Wow Wow, and things like that. So it is, it's worth looking into if you want to follow the Japanese boxing scene. So we have great card on Saturday. Now, a lot of news has come down the pipe, Scott. Um, what do you have for us in terms of upcoming bouts on the Asian boxing scene? We've 
that we've uh, been told that uh, Ray Vargas and Tomoki Kamida are close to announcing their WBC, WBC interim super bantamweight title belt. They were amateur rivals, they both very talented, both very slick fighters. That should be a really, really exciting fight. It may not be the most action-packed, but technically it should be fantastic. Another bout that's now penciled in for June is Artem Delakin's next WBA flyweight title defence, which is going to come against Thailand's Dinapa Kiatniwa or Sarawak Tharawalkam. Uh, the Thais won 20 in a row after losing on debut. Delakin is 18 and 0 with 13 knockouts, and he famously won the title against uh, Brian Valoria in the US. I want to see Delakin fight Tanaka. I think that would be a great bout. Delakin versus Kimura. Oh, that'd be great as well. Yeah, there's so many good flyways that you could just put together. You could throw Mathalani in there, Edwards, uh, Julio Cesar, Martinez Aguilar. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid weight class right now. Um, another bout that was confirmed this week actually takes place one division higher at super flyweight. And we'll see Coquieto uh, face Javier Cintron in a WBO world title eliminator. That'll be Eto's first bout as a fighter signed under the All-Star Boxing banner. And he's expected to kick off a multi-year US deal for the year. The former one-man highlight reel. Uh, the winner of that will face the uh, Kazuto Ayoka versus Aston Palikta winner for the WBO title later in the year. So we could possibly have a Japanese all-Japanese title fight if Eto comes out on top and then you have Ayoka as well winning. Yeah, you could just as you say, end up with um, Olympian Cintron facing Palekta, and what any combination of the four men would be made for very interesting matchups. Definitely a lot of exciting fights in that flyweight, super flyweight, light flyweight, anything that has flyweight in it. Uh, there's a lot of good bouts coming up. It's just a shame that that's not always preceded by you know the national title bouts because we have seen Junto Nakatani's first events being announced and our take place against Wolf Nakana in what really doesn't excite me, if I'm being honest. Uh, he's six, seven with four draws, two knockouts, but he's ranked number three by the JBC. Wait, how tall is he? How tall is he? Oh, um, I thought sorry, you, his record. I thought you said he was six, seven. I was like, oh, man, that's a, that's a tall flyweight. <laughs> yeah, one of the few times Nakatana he faces someone tall and wouldn't it? That'd be the tallest flyweight in the history of life. Oh, my goodness. Uh, his record's six and seven with four okay. draws, which shows a level of uh, Nakatani's first defense. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess he deserves an easy go at it. He's had some tougher bouts, but I think with how talented Nakatani is, they need to challenge him as much as possible. It sounds like the original plan was to get him in there with Takuya Kogawa in what would have been a really good bout, but Kogawa's looking for an easier comeback bout himself after uh, having quite a long layoff. So there you go. A lot of news in and around the sport of Asian boxing. I want to tip my cap to Scott. He, I guess you could say he has a frog in his throat dealing with a little bit of a, a cough there, huh, Scott? Yeah, he was completely voiceless yesterday, which made life easier at home. I can't get well, told off if I can't speak. <laughs> well, you know what? We couldn't tell. Thank you for gutting it out. Well, that's why we're going to cut this episode just a little short asianboxing.info you can follow uh, the podcast videos news notes uh, scott does a great job with the website and again thank you for gutting this one out getting in the ring even though you 
Your shoulder might have been hurt. That's exactly what you did here today. Things you do for work. That's right. It's the Asian Boxing Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, 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 oh,